Welcome back to the Present Fathers Podcast. This is part two of Brandon Blinson's story. So if you have not watched part one, stop this video, go check it out right here. There will be a link below in the description. Uh, or if you're listening, go back to our main page and find part one. Um, Brandon so far has shared his story kind of chronologically, his upbringing, getting married, raising kids. Uh, in this part two, we kind of transition into more of his lessons learned throughout life, parenting advice, best things about being a dad, and a whole bunch of topics like that. Before you watch the episode, do us a massive favor. Please go to your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. It really helps the channel grow and it really helps get our word out to help other dads across the country and across the world. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe to the channel and share it. Leave us a comment um, and comment your favorite part. Let us know what you loved um, and what you'd like to see us do differently in the future. And then the final request we have of you is to go check out our awesome new merch store. We've got everything from hats, shirts, sweatshirts, uh, coffee mugs, a whole bunch of great stuff to get the dads in your life, uh, some sweet swag, and they can rock that dad gear. Uh, and stay tuned because we will update the store with some other stuff, maybe for the moms in the future. And uh, yeah, so if you want to support what we're doing, that's a great way for you to do it. Um, we just thank you all so much for the continued support and uh, love. And we love you so much and are so thankful for you listening. And we hope that this helps you be a better dad. So enough talk. Let's get climbing and into the episode. Welcome to the Present Fathers Podcast. This is the show that focuses on climbing the mountain of fatherhood together. We believe that dads matter. That's why this show is for you. So gear up, dads. Get ready. It's time to start climbing. Brandon Blinson, welcome back for your part two. It's a, it's a privilege to have you back on the podcast, brother. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you guys? <laughs> Great, man. I'm so uh, excited good. that we're going to see a certain somebody for a yeah, meet and greet. That's yeah. going to be huge. <sighs> Don't tell them who. Do you want to make an announcement or do you want to keep everyone guessing? Let's keep him guessing. I say we keep him guessing. Let's keep him guessing. Brand Brandon's going to meet a personal hero in a few months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he's yeah. geeking out. He already met day for him. <laughs> I'm back like I never left, baby. Yeah. That's right. So Justin, welcome back. Life's calmed down slightly for you that you're able to join us again. It's good to have you back, brother. But, uh, all right. So let's recap. Part one, Brandon shared his story. Um, we're doing this little thing over the next couple months here where we're telling our own personal stories. You can get to know us a little bit better and the lessons we've learned throughout life. So Brandon walked us through kind of chronologically his you know personal story. And so now what we're going to do, Brandon, is dive into um, really the key takeaways, the lessons learned from all of your experiences and um, you know self-study and just everything you've been doing. So why don't we leave it a little open-ended wherever you would like to start? What's uh, some of the best lessons from your story that people can take away? And we'll, we'll start with that. Yeah. Um one of the most foundational things that I always encourage anybody I see struggling in anything relationally in their lives is that they have to understand that communication is the absolute critical foundation of strong relationships. So real relationships take real conversations. And sometimes those conversations have to be hard, even if they're out of love. Um, so the first thing I say is, is learn to be able to one, articulate yourself. If that means you start journaling on your own, talk to yourself, do that and then build up to where you can articulate properly to others, um, and do it where you can do it out of love. And, you know, people aren't mind readers. I tell that to people a lot. They're not mind readers. If you feel something, you have to tell them. Even if you do it in a gentle way, you're not building bitterness. Because that's the thing. Over time, in my experience, when you don't express things and you stuff them down and you isolate, two things are going to happen. One, your relationships are going to suffer greatly because the communication line is closed. But two, you're going to create a lot of bitterness and anger. And you're going to project it at the person, even if, if it could be warranted. I mean, they're still going to, they're going to suffer and you're going to suffer in turn from it. So communication, huge, huge, huge lesson. Um, I say the next thing alongside that is grow alongside your kids so that you can model it. You know, your kids are in a constant state of learning. And so you need to be the same way. You need to be in a constant state of learning as well. Reading, um, 
figuring out things, solving hard things so they see resiliency, right? So there's a lot there um, I could unpack if you guys want. But, um, but yeah, those are two of the core ones um, that I've really just seen a lot of people struggle with. And I feel like if you could, if you could nail those down pretty, pretty well, you would, uh, you'd grow quickly and, uh, you'd be very more, much more effective in, in your house and in your relationships in life. Okay. Can we break down communication a little bit further and you know, how you communicate with your wife versus how you communicate with your kids? And, um, if you've learned any, especially when it comes to like very hot top, you know, difficult subjects um, or ones that are, you know, very, very high likelihood that they get emotionally charged. You know, what are yeah. some tactics you've learned that um, kind of help de-escalate things and, and actually communicates um, empathy and understanding so that you can actually, you know, fix whatever the issue is as opposed to just argue. Sure. I think one of the biggest things is to pause and allow your mind to catch up with your emotion. Because a lot of times what people will do is they'll get angry and they'll start getting in a heated debate and then they just spew. They don't think, they don't pause, they they let their emotion take over, they let that drive, and then they go to the bottom, I call it the basement level of their brain, like my kids do it often because kids are more prone to do that because they're not developed, right? So have you ever noticed that when you're talking to your kid or you're trying to teach them something and they've gotten super upset and they've gone to the basement level of their brain that you can't you can't get anything through to them. And I'm going to tell you why. The only way you can get through to them is by calming them back down. You bring them back to a sense of safety and a back to a sense of connection, whether it's holding them and loving on them. And then you start trying to teach them because what's happening is when they get in the basement level of their brain, literally the rest of it's shut off. They're not going to hear a word. And I, I feel a lot of people who are not emotionally intelligent or people who are dealing with past traumas and they're emotionally charged in anything, uh, you know, out of self-defense, out of um, survivalism, um, if they can pause between what's triggering them and their reaction to that trigger, I feel like there's a lot of nuance there that helps people learn control and intelligence emotionally. So I would say emotional intelligence is a huge part. Um, and knowing how to uh, assert that. Okay, so if someone is lacking in emotional intelligence, what's uh, either some some books or resources or things that they can do to, to try and uh, grow in that? Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of books. Uh, I'd start with the best one out of all of them, obviously. And it uh, starts uh, with the author of G.O.D. I think we all know him, you know, a little bit of the Bible. Uh, never hurts anybody. I was about I felt to like, say, if you don't say the Bible, I'm going to be very, very, very upset with you. <laughs> G-O-D, is that a rapper? Like, G-O-D? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's uh, uh, it's P-O-D's older brother. <laughs> <laughs> or father. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. We just dated ourselves really hard with that comment. People are like, oh, that's P-O-D. G-A-W-D. Anyone under the age of, like, 29 is going to be like, who? All right, guys. Sorry, Tony. Totally have, derailed you, Brandon. We have two ears and one mouth. Let's practice that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very good. Very good. Right, sorry, well that's verse for well you there. All right. Uh, <laughs> Take it back, Brandon. Start yeah, with the so, Bible. What else? So, like, a good example in the Bible, I clearly remember, you know, um, I was saved midway through my junior year of high school, right? And so I didn't start maturing in my faith and reading my Bible until the college when I started reading C.S. Lewis and Jordan Peterson's Maps and Meaning and all that stuff. And I remember reading Proverbs in our library and laughing audibly and having to like get up and leave because I was laughing at how much turmoil and pain I would have saved myself had I read Proverbs before high school. And so there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge. Even if you're not a believer, it's so applicable to your life. It's insane. So I would recommend that first. Um, second would be, uh, books like uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, Jordan Peterson, Carl Jung. He is incredible. Uh, there's so many quotes from that man that we could go down a rabbit hole with. Um, Andy Andrews. Yeah, there's a lot. But yeah, so uh, I would start with with obviously the uh, Proverbs and a, a lot of things that just suggest um, 
deep rooted human nature, right? I mean, that's that's where you really want to start. So yeah, the, um, uh, the daily wisdoms. Yeah, yeah, and and going back to the uh, communication part, I think uh, another thing that people need to learn is how to write. So again, the journaling part that's it's super important. You got to learn how to communicate and write, and put your thoughts into words when you can articulate, right? So uh, that's another thing that I would I would recommend people do when they're reading is try to find books that help them learn to articulate. All right. Um, Brandon, let's shift gears a little bit. So we talked communication, emotional intelligence. What's um, What are some more simple kind of like day-to-day things that you have started doing maybe in recent history versus, you know, the man you used to be and, mm. and kind of compare and contrast what that looks like? Mm, that's a good question. That's a great question. And, and for like to just maybe to help you hone in on what I'm trying to get to is like, you know, I, I shared how I, I've started writing little notes to my daughter and my wife, right? Just very mm-hmm. quick little sticky note, just sticking on somewhere yeah. they're going to find it later in the day type of thing. So little, little kind of things like that, that you show up as a, as a husband and as a father. Yeah. And that's just, I think that's just really honing in on being intentional, knowing that the little things matter, especially to women. Like, Emotional connection and uh, acts of service are really something that really they drive deep for a lot of women out there, and especially my wife. Like, you know, for no reason at all, I'll I'll bring flowers to her school and maybe some lunch or something. And I've done that more often lately because she's been more stressed and more pressured um, by both her job and both her mom duties, right? And so. I want her to have a constant reminder that somebody has her back no matter what and that she's loved and appreciated. So just text her every morning. Hey, I appreciate you. Hey, I love you. And so what I do most recently that I've started doing that I didn't do in the past as much and I wish I had done earlier is I send her a Bible verse every morning. And so I try to encourage her in the word um, and then it, it helps me just as much. Right. <laughs> So that's, that's a huge thing. Um, I would say the first thing, though, people need to do is they need to set healthy standards and healthy boundaries in any relationship they have. So great example. My wife and I, uh, when we were dating as teenagers, you know, there was a lot of emotions and a lot of things that we still had to, you know, grow in maturity in, right? Um, but we had a lot of set boundaries. And one of those set boundaries was we would never raise our voices at each other and we would never cuss at each other. So no cuss words, no yelling. Um, you know, if, if we were mad, we'd take a walk, cool off, whatever. But you have to set standard boundaries, right? Because if you don't, people are going to constantly run over boundaries that destroy your relationship. And a great example is, you know, somebody losing their cool, dropping, you know, a B word or a word or, you know, something that just just cuts at somebody else. Right. But if you remove those uh, those weapons, right, you're, you're allowing the chance for real conversation. So I would that say that was, that's huge. Yeah. Awesome. So having lived with Justin in the same womb for nine <laughs> months with absolutely no boundaries, I find your relationship together fascinating. Your your friends, your brothers, you love each other. Sometimes you hate each other. It's it's really mm-hmm. interesting seeing that interaction together. Uh, talk to me about what it was like growing up with Justin. Um, tell me mm-hmm. some of your favorite things about him as your brother uh, growing up, and then um, maybe you know tell me about some of the things that you know without him reaching across the uh, internet and punching you. <laughs> you know some of the stuff you don't like because <laughs> I, I think it's a really here's my here's my personal punching bag growing up. <laughs> We're gonna we'll arrange a. Uh, a death match, a twin death match here later in the year. There could be only one. <laughs> two, two men will enter and only one will leave. So I'm the we won't know which one it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so growing up with him was obviously great having a twin, but um, it was definitely unique, uh, more so than it was with my other two brothers because it was like we're the same age, we're the oldest, but we're doing it together, right? So like we had bunk beds growing up. And so like I guess one of the really good things was I always had somebody to talk to. Right. Um, I always had somebody to just kind of fully trust that they know exactly what I'm going through. I mean, literally, I mean, because he's he's me, but just a a copy. Right. You know, control C, control V. Right. You know, so 
<laughs> let's let's get it straight. I'm the original. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How but, many um, seconds? How many seconds between oh, you guys? Oh, great question. So he was born 15. 15 yeah, 15 seconds before I'm me. the oldest Whole 15 baby. seconds. So, wow. You're just, you know, what a huge gap. So huge. You're just so yeah. much wiser from your 15 seconds of fame. That's what your mom said. <laughs> As the only child. <laughs> you got to be the only child for 15 seconds. Yeah. Uh, okay. But Sorry, yeah, Brady. so um, always having, you know, a, a friend around, right? Um, that was a, a really great thing. But like you said, we loved and we hated. I mean, being that close to somebody also means that you have a lot of strong emotions the other way sometimes. And so, you know, uh, Justin has this fascinating way of talking when I don't want him to, right? <laughs> and so I'm just like, mm, quiet. Child. And he, you know, he would taunt and he'd get up. He knows how to push my buttons, right? So, I sure do. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's part of having a brother, you know. It's yeah, I say, that's a brother thing because so. my my brother and I too. No, the worst he- thing though, hands down, was him always opening his mouth at other people and like people wanting to fight him in high school, and then them coming up and shoving me, trying to fight me, thinking <laughs> I'm him. No, don't even start because you picked a fight with three people that I ended up having to beat up for you. So I don't want to hear no. it. Mm-mm. Yeah, uh huh. You don't remember? So, anyways, getting back on the point, there's a lot of things in high school that were uh, not so great. And yeah, either way, it. I mean, would I change it for anything? No, definitely not. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead, Justin. I was gonna say if 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 someone asked us like. They always ask the question. He answers pretty much the same way. How's your twin? And what's he like? Is he is he just like you? I'm like, no, we're night and day. We're complete polar opposites. But I think yeah. it works because like it allows us to have a connection that you know others don't have. And it's weird if there's stories too. I don't know if you guys want to dive into that, but um, like people never believe these stories. But he, like I had a crowd full of people when Brandon got hit by the drunk driver. I got sick to my stomach. I knew something was wrong. I even said, I was like, where's Brandon? Where's Brandon? And I was like, dude, you're just being, yeah, they're like, you're being a hypochondriac. And then we get a phone call two minutes later. Hey, you just got hit by a drunk driver. He's on the way to the hospital. I knew immediately. I was like, something was wrong. I felt it in my gut. And uh, same thing, like when we were in kindergarten, I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you guys. I think I have, but uh, I had a dream. Brandon broke it. He fell off the jungle gym and broke his arm. And I, my parents were sitting above me at nap time and my teacher was with him and my teacher woke me up and my mom said, Hey, we got to go. Your brother broke his arm. Or I'm sorry. She said, we got to go. There's been an accident. And I said, yeah, Brandon broke his arm. She's like, what? And like everyone freaked out. They're like, yeah, he broke his right arm. He fell off the jungle gym. And she's like, (laughs) you know, so there, there are some, some connections that a lot of people don't realize twins (laughs) have, but we, we truly have. Yeah. It's, it's really, really weird. So. Well, it's it's funny too, like like Dustin. I don't I don't have a twin, and I think you know most people don't have twins. So it is very fascinating to like see the inner workings of it as like a third party, you know, working with you guys on the podcast and everything. And uh, like before we started, you were asking him all these questions about how his sweatshirt fits. And uh, Brandon, why don't you just go show off that sweatshirt, that that high nice. quality, really good looking podcast? I'm waiting on mine. That's a but nice you were literally asking him, all like, what yeah. size did you get? Because like, you, <laughs> you guys are literally the same build and everything. So. We're the same human. It's kind of like, I'm just yeah. a little stronger. It, it's just, I was chuckling about it because you basically have a walking, talking, you know, carbon copy of you to like, hey, did that shirt fit you well? So there's, it's, yeah, that's it's pretty crazy. He's taller than me, actually. He's an inch taller than me, which is weird. Most right, of so the twins. Let's aren't pull that it down, way. Brandon, just like rapid fire. The sure. best thing that you remember growing up with Justin and the worst thing. Whether you want to share a whole story or just like it's a one word, whatever you want, but rapid Be nice fire. To me. Hmm. Uh, Christmas and playing video games together was a was a pivotal thing. Like we would get like a system as a like, you know, I would have never got it so but because it was me and Justin, we got like a PlayStation original, and I got like Final Fantasy VII and Crash Bandicoot and all this cool stuff, and we got to stay up all night with him and like our best friend Harold and. Uh, you know, we'd stay up till the literally the sun would come out, and we'd be playing video mm-hmm. games all night. And just lots of fun. There. Final Fantasy VII. That was some good times, man. Playing that together. Yeah, all worst right. would probably be seeing him hurt, and him not achieving things when I know he's capable of it. So, 
And Brandon, right. I know you guys went through a little bit of a period where you not a falling out, but you weren't as close. Sure. What What do you think brought you closer together? Was it um, Was it doing the podcast? Was it um, a particular moment where you said, "Okay, we're we're definitely getting closer, and we co- we become better friends as well as brothers mm-hmm. again"? Can you think of a, a moment when that happened? Just Jesus forgiveness. How am I expected to be forgiven if I don't want to forgive others? I have to show grace and mercy to other people. So, uh, you know, just forgive others and move on. You have to build your relationship back just like anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say there was really ever like an issue more so or divide. I think it was a a human being (laughs) that was in my life that was causing issues. So. A story for another day, perhaps. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm not going to go down that Justin's road. That's Justin's story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Brandon, you uh, you hit me with tons of very difficult questions with zero prep, so you're about to get awesome. that back right now. Okay. Um, so. Oh, yes, thank you. If there's only one thing that people should learn from your story that they listen to in part one, what is it? One thing. Hmm. sucks doesn't it (laughs) you're doing a wonderful job as a father and your children are lucky to have you because you're unique and you're irreplaceable your children love you just the way you are but they deserve the way you need to be that's that's my pretty solid answer i like it man well done well done you took that one and threw it right back at us that was awesome um and then i wanted to ask What's the hardest lesson you've learned um, in marriage? And, mm. and I guess kind of like the part two that is like, you know, if you would have known that sooner or learned that lesson sooner, how would it have changed your marriage for the better sooner? Yeah, that's a great one. Um, I think one of the big things for me was I was, especially like since college and reading Jordan Peterson and C.S. Lewis and all these guys, they really just changed the trajectory of my life. They wanted me to be a better man. They made me feel like I had purpose. And they and Mr. Rogers kind of was the mustard seed of all of that, right? You know, growing up, he always told all of us that we are lovely and wonderful and, you know, gave us confidence when we didn't get it from other areas that we should have, right? And so growing up and experience and all those things. I leveled up myself, but I never applied it in other areas of my life. So a great example. I should have, as much as I'm leveling up myself, I need to be leveling up my marriage. I need to be leveling up my relationship with my kids. How do I do that? I go to my wife. I say, I've improved myself X amount of ways, but hey, what do you see that I need to fix that'll help make your day and your week and our life better together. And I just, I say, if it's one thing, write one thing. If it's 10 things, write 10 things, you know? And even if I don't agree with it, or it's hard to hear, I look at it. I think about the ways in which I might perceive that that could be true. And I work on it. I I use that self-growth mindset and I apply it to my relationship with her. And then I ask her the same. Uh, it's not just a one-way street, right? So I say, you know, once you give me mine, if there's anything that I see that you could grow in, I'd love to help you with that. And, uh, you know, we do that. We, hey, uh, I noticed you do this, and I appreciate if you would do this to help me out with this, right? And that, that works out fantastic, man. That puts your marriage on fire real quick. So, um, and then same thing with your kids, man. Like, I ask my kids often, hey, what's one thing your dad has done this week that you loved? What was one thing you remember that was a lot of fun? You know, and, uh, you know, high point. And then I ask them the, you know, the low point, right? What, what's something dad can do better at, right? Is it me on the phone? Is it me on my computer? Is it raising my voice? You know, what is it? And, uh, you know, I just try to track where I'm at with other people. So, and it's not a people pleasing thing. Don't, don't get me wrong here. It's a, yeah, you're taking inventory of right. Your, per, your performance essentially. Right. It's, right. it's just feedback. It doesn't mean you're going to act on right. all of it, but 
Exactly. Because yeah. I'm trying to make, like, I've got balance. What's, what's, what's it good to be so self-improved and balanced here and then be a failure as a dad or a failure right. as a husband? Well, I've even, got to balance all of it. Right? Let's, let's kind of play that out a little bit more. It's like, even if you are performing really well, right. But somehow your kid is perceiving it as not good. Then that's also something you've identified. Okay. Clearly right. there's some form of, you know, emotional education that needs to happen now. Right? Or miscommunication. Like you're objectively not doing anything wrong. Object. Yeah. So the right word there. <laughs> I almost pulled a Justin. <laughs> Sorry, I can help myself. Um, no, but the point is, then then you can identify like it, it's just diagnosing where there may be breakdowns, right? So that, mm. that's a really good tactic. I use that as well. Um, but yeah, I gotta echo what you said. It's not you're not gonna just like ask your kids, you know, how am I doing? And then they're still kids, right? Like, yeah, no. Like for yeah. example, I I kind of do this, and like my daughter wrote in, like you know, what what should we do more of? And it's like. You know, go get ice cream or something. It's like, okay. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but at the end of the day, we can't eat ice cream every day, kiddo. Like, that's not realistic. So. Well, I'm glad you said that because, like, one of the things my kids said one time is, um, our life is very scheduled. It was a very insightful observation. And I realized that I wasn't being spontaneous enough. So the way I surprised them and I fixed that that week was I said, kids, you guys have been great this week. We're going to have a yes day. And I said, as long as it's within reason and safety, I will say yes to anything. And so we woke up and I, they said they wanted donuts. I said, okay, let's go. We got them donuts. And then for lunch, they said they wanted McDonald's. So we went and got Happy Meals. And then for dinner, they wanted pizza. So we got pizza and they wanted to watch a movie and pop popcorn and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you get the point. I said yes to everything that was reasonable and they had a fantastic time. So. And it was spontaneous, right? So, so Brandon, hard-hitting question, my friend. Can be from after this podcast started or from before. But what is something that you have taken away from each one of us that has helped you become either a better father or a better spouse? Hmm. I think generalizing it with between all three of y'all um, would be the best thing to do. And that's just to, to just act right. Put things that like I was, I said it in the first part a little bit, we touched on it a little, um, but it was just to, instead of perfecting my craft in my mind, put it to application, put it and then learn as you go. Right. Um, so that's, this journey has been really good at teaching me, to learn as I go or as I grow, right? As they say. And so um, I would say that was, that's definitely helped me a lot. Uh, another thing is, is that the more we get guests, no matter how hyper successful or awesome they are, they still have struggles just like we do. And it makes you realize that you're not alone as a dad in your struggles. And dad guilt is a real thing and it's a normal thing. And if you care and love your kids, and yeah, so there's there's a lot of things I've learned, but those are the ones that really stand out to me for sure. Yeah, it's uh, my grandfather. One of his favorite sayings is famous people put their uh, pants on one thing at a time, just like we do. <laughs> and yeah. it's having met some pretty prominent people, you know, over the past year, it's been a really nice reminder that I would pit your wisdom up against any of theirs. So mm -hmm. yes, they have a larger presence and they you know have more people that follow them, but that doesn't matter at all. Uh, I think I've learned more from you this year than I have, you know, from any of our, our famous guests. Um, you've taught me to be more patient. Uh, you've given me some incredible book recommendations and you've modeled an incredible role as a father and as a husband. And so thank you for, um, you know, Appreciate for, for that, teaching brother. me that. Yeah. And taking the time and talking to me off the ledge a few times and then being there for <laughs> me. That's, that's what friends are all about. It doesn't matter Absolutely. how cool your friend is or how smart they are it matters that they're available and that they are willing to spend that time with you. Uh, Just like you're supposed to be with your kids, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. You have to nurture those relationships. So, yeah. so being with your kids, thinking about a hundred years from now, right? Um, you're gone, mm -hmm. right? Your kids remember you. Maybe a few people from the podcast remember you. Who knows? What's your legacy? What do people remember about Brandon Blinton? Mm. I hope that my book would help lots. Um, that's one thing. Um, 
but I really hope that my digital legacy here, uh, like this just continues to help dads, uh, continues to remind my kids and their kids and their generations after that, you know, um, that anybody can grow and lead their family if they're just willing to put the effort and the work in. So that's one legacy I really want. But, you know, biblically speaking, breaking all the generational curses and traumas that have happened in my family and passing the word of God down to my kids and my grandkids. And like, you know, when they're safe, they, they have those promises of God and that hope. Right. And so passing that down is the most, the single most important thing in my life. Um, if there's one thing I really want them to have, it's just Jesus, man. Just Jesus. It's, it's, I know that sounds cliche to some, but I mean, there's so much more to that in depth wise. And like, our uh, our lives are but vapors, you know, and, and mist, you know. I mean, it's it's like we're here one day and gone the next. So it's like my legacy is going to be what I did for my kids and what they're going to do for their kids through what I taught them, right? So you're passing down knowledge. You're passing down culture. You're passing down a legacy of love, um, those kind of things. Great, great answer about legacy. Why do you think, from, from your point of view, so many men seem to struggle with admitting they need some help somewhere in some aspect of their life? I don't think it's just pride. That's mm -hmm. my two cents. I think there's a lot more to it. But what do you think it is? And you know what? what's Brandon's top advice for kind of breaking that stigma i guess for yeah. lack of a better word uh well outside of pride and ego which is a big factor in most men's lives they've been taught to be that way um it's pain right none of us want to hurt why would we willfully hurt ourselves why would we willfully stare into the abyss of our darkest deepest worst parts of our lives and uproot and reanalyze and re-experience the traumas and the evil and the bad and the things that made us hurt. Nobody wants that. But you know what? When you do that, you're healing it because you're you're creating acceptance and you're grounding that, yes, those things happened to you, but yes, you overcame them or you can overcome them. You can heal from them. But it takes a lot of work, man. One of the hardest things about self-improvement and self-help is dying to yourself on a daily basis because you're literally finding the parts of you that are wrong, that are bad. You're uprooting them, which is painful in itself. And then you're killing it. And sometimes you don't want to kill things in your life because they create comfort and they create a sense of control and order in a world that's full of chaos and, and, and hurt. So I would say a lot of people do it for a sense of control and sense of healing or a sense of normalcy. But honestly, the hard path is the best path because it's it's the path that leads to healing. It's the path that leads to, to growth. And um, yeah, I would say that's the thing that most men struggle with is just avoid it, pain avoidance, right? Yeah. I, th I think that's, that's a very wise answer. Um, so, you know, clearly you are someone who's very uh, motivated on self-help. I don't know. Motivated is not a good word. Uh, disciplined, I'd say. Mm. We're committed to, you know, and I'm just saying this as someone who observes your life from the outside, right? You are constantly pouring yourself into that. Mm -hmm. um, have you always been that way or is it something you learned and like, what was that? Because I think for a lot of people who may listen to that, right, they'll be like, oh, well, he's just got it and I don't. And I don't think that that's true for anybody. I think it's something that we all have to learn. No, um, maybe I, some of us are better at it, but I'm just trying to like unpack that a little bit. But. Sure. Yeah. So I've always been naturally curious about things. I mean, that's, that's something that is kind of something that helps with that, but no, I think this was a learned thing through my suffering and my experience. Um, when I had an issue, I was the person that had to solve it. Right. And so I had to figure out how to help myself. And when I realized 
that I'm the best person to help myself. I didn't wanted to do it every time. And I think as an adult, it rings even more true because let's just face it. Nobody's coming to help you. As a man, you have to fix things on your own. You have to step up when it's hard and you have to do the hard things on your own because nobody's coming in to say, hey, man, let's get it going. Let's do this. Let's do this. This is what you need to attack unless you're hiring somebody. But even then, you're paying somebody for that. It's not because they care. You care about yourself or you have to find the way to care about yourself to improve yourself because you deserve it. And other people deserve the best version of you. Fix it. You have the power. You're literally, God gave you a brain that can think and process and be conscious and aware of things around you and you're squandering it. And so my, my just definitive outlook in life is God gave me a brain. If there's a problem, I will find a solution for it. I don't care if it takes years. I'm going to find it because God gave me the ability to do that. And I'm not going to do anything less. And so you just have to, you have to know you're capable and you're, you're a person that's valued and, and worth it. And if you put the work, like you put the plow to the field, as the Bible says, God's going to show you the harvest. You just have to put the work in and you got to know that you're worth that and your kids are worth that and your wife is. And so you have a brain. There are people that don't have the ability to do a lot of these things. It's just like when I couldn't run anymore because of COVID. I can't stand seeing people run because I can't do it anymore. I want to go do it. But you have the capability to heal yourself. You have, you are the person with the pen to your life. Yes, some chapters suck. Yes, some chapters are tough. But you know what? You can write the next chapter to be better. But it takes a lot of work. And it's that simple. You just have to say, I have the ability to do it. I just have to do it. And you have to love yourself enough to do it. Even if you got to wake up in the morning, look yourself in the mirror and say, I love you. I love you. I love you. And just keep saying it 10, 15 times every morning. Train, rewire your brain. I mean, that's that's the big thing for me. It's just, it's been something that's, it's it's all originated from the need. I needed to fix myself because nobody else is going to fix me. So that's where I got it from. It's not something that naturally came that's not a God-given thing for me. It's pretty good, man. Got to say, but I'm going to hold you a little bit accountable there. I know you say you can't run. There's nothing you can't do. Um, you know, we talk about alter ego. Obviously, I'm a Goggins fan. Duh. But I, I think there are ways around some of the issues or the roadblocks you currently have, especially like, let's say for instance, with the running, if you wanted to do it, there's a way you can figure out to do it. And I think you'll find it out. And I know you will, cause you always like to find solutions to stuff, but I wouldn't say, don't you, I would say if anybody doesn't need to use the word can't, it would definitely be you. you well, it's just not medically worth the risk. Um, I'll, I'll reword it. It's not medically worth the risk. Uh, I can walk on a big incline at like three miles an hour and still get the same kind of cardio that I would as running. So the sensible thing for me to do, instead of putting risk on my heart and my system, and especially when I have two young kids and a wife that needs me, I'm just going to do the, the the safer alternative. And that's okay. I, I've come to acceptance with that. I'm okay with that. Now, if I build up and I find that the PACs and the things that are occurring um, are better, sure, I might try it. But, you know, uh, I think that's just part of the journey, right, is trusting the process and trust being patient in it so well the uh the other thing i want to touch on you were you're talking about you're big on faith and i know that's something we've always shared but um you know a lot of guys don't realize and and what you kind of touched on there was you know god doesn't one of my favorite movies of all time is going to be bruce almighty and you know the the movies that, that followed it but um and it's because the wisdom that was shared in in that movie was just unbelievable. He said, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I believe the quote was, if if you ask God for wisdom, do you think he just gives you wisdom? Or does he give you the opportunity to be wise? 
if you ask him for patience, does he give you patience or does he give you a situation to be patient in? And I think you're a very, very good model at practicing things like that, because uh, if there's a word that I could describe you as uh, anything in the, excuse me, not in the Bible, in the dictionary, I would say intentional. You are definitely an intentional person. You've taught me to be a lot more intentional. So, yeah, just want to touch on that. Appreciate that. Yeah, I think for me, it's just intentionality is the sensible and the the thing that we're supposed to do. It's what we're called to be. Uh, Because when you're not intentional, things suffer. So. What's the phase of raising your kids? Because I know your oldest is about the same age as mine, and then you got one a few years behind. What What is the phase that, looking ahead, you're most concerned about or feel like you have the most areas you need to grow in? Mm, I think it's different for both my kids. Um, for my son, I'm most concerned about his adolescent years being tough socially for him because of his ADHD. And uh, his propensity uh, to wear his heart on his sleeve. I feel like kind souls and uh, sympathetic souls at younger ages suffer the most. Um, So he's very calm and gentle. And I'm trying to help him become masculine and bold. Uh, You know, kind of create the beast and then tame it, right? Like, as as Peterson says, uh, you need to be a monster and then be able to have it under control. And so... I think that's something I'm trying. I'm trying to prepare him for the hardness of the world, right? Especially as it continues to decline like it is, right? Um, Because let's just be honest. Men are the ones that take the brunt of the world when it comes to really drastic things like war and everything else that's involved. So uh, I'm trying to prepare him for that. I'm preparing him for the addiction of the digital age. Um I'm trying to prepare him for the crazy stuff that online dating has created and the feminist movement has created towards men in general. Um, I feel like a lot of men have been demasculinized and um, there's just one extreme or the other. There's a lot of tribalism and it's just sickening. Um, So that's what I worry about for him. But I do have like glimpses of excitement and hope for him. Like when he walks down the, the, the aisle with the beautiful bride that, you know, reminds him of his mom, right? You know, she's nurturing and caring and loving and Christian and supportive. And um, I'm so I'm excited for a lot of things, like when he holds his first kid, right? Um, when he wins his first championship or he accomplishes something great that he's been working really hard at and he gets that new level of self-confidence. You know, so there's there's both. I look at both, obviously. Um for my daughter, she's just like her mom. She's a social butterfly. So I don't worry about her and her adolescent years. Um, but I do worry for her as she gets towards young womanhood. Um, I want her to be safe from the evil of the world, uh, from the crazy men out there. Uh, I want her to find a, a good man that'll treat her right, love her, uh, loves the Lord. So, yeah, uh, there's different things, but yeah, those are the, the things that kind of stand out. But yeah, I'm excited because I think about them walking the stage at high school and college if they choose to go or their first business they create, you know. And yeah, there's a lot of that, man. Like first car, first driver's license and that sense of freedom that they get when they hit the road with their friends and first concerts. You know, I mean, there's just like any of us that we've had our own milestones, you know. Um, I just want to see them achieve those same things, right? So. So B, um, something obviously we ask every guest is, uh, you know, obviously the same core memory question. Um, so there's a core memory from your fatherhood story or journey. What do you think that would be? Mm. Um, told myself I wouldn't get emotional, but, um, I would say with my daughter, When she held my hand, I was reading her some stories to go to bed. And she said, Daddy, you're my best friend and I love you. And like, it was just like understanding that I have this unconditional love. 
unconditional love that um, I don't deserve. And then I realized that I have the same love. I had it all along with Christ. So. And that's good. Uh, with my son. Gosh, he was the first, right? So getting to cut his umbilical cord and hearing that first cry and just remembering that the, um, the relief just wash over me. You know, my wife is safe. She's out of the woods for the most part. And, um, that, uh, you know, he's here. And so now my, my real journey, my real excitement gets to start. And so, yeah, that, those are two really good ones. What's the, uh, yeah, I agree. Those are, that's great, man. What's the best piece, singular piece of advice you ever received about being a dad? Hmm. That when times are tough, you have to know that the strength within you is there to overcome any challenge and that your presence in your child's life is a precious gift and you have to cherish every moment you have with them because none of us are promised tomorrow. That's right. That's good, man. It's powerful stuff. Definitely. Um, looking into the future again, what do you, what do you think is going to be different for your children from your childhood? What's, what's going to be different about the culture, about technology? What are you excited about and what are you afraid of about what their life is going to be like versus what ours was growing up? Oh gosh. Um, there's so much, man. One of the things I think they're missing out on and like just right now with the season of Christmas, like I feel like a lot of the magic of Christmas is gone because a lot of it is globalized and it's all coming in Amazon packages, right? We're not going to Toys R Us and watching the excitement and seeing them pick out a hundred different things, even though, you know, you're only giving them two or three of them, you know, but like that, that wonder in their eyes, right? That, that going out shopping and having those, those traditional things, um, those funny commercials, because a lot of things are streamed and on demand now, whereas we had, we had whatever came on, right? <laughs> so, you know, commercials, were hilarious and, and wholesome and classic. And now it's all just woke and silly. And I don't know, there's just an agenda to everything now. So I feel like they're missing out a lot of that. But uh, I think some of the exciting things is, is, you know, with Elon, for example, I, I fully believe that eventually we'll be amongst the stars. We'll be a multi-planetary species. Um, and yes, even as a Christian who's deep in his faith, I do believe that we will be amongst the stars. And um, I think that it's going to be exciting to see where AI goes. A little bit scary, too. Um, we got a lot of bad guys who can run AI from a basic $2,000 computer at this point. So there's no telling what can happen. But um, medical breakthroughs, science breakthroughs, all these things are going to happen very quickly in the next 10 to 20 years. And they're going to because of AI and because of, of all the advancements that we have. Right. So that'll be exciting for them to get to experience just like we kind of experienced the internet boom. The AI boom is going to be their internet boom. Right. So um, they'll get to see a lot of really cool stuff. And, you know, hopefully we're here to help, you know, guide them like through it. Right? T-800s and T-1000s, you know, well, it'll be uh, super cool. Yeah, There'll be a bunch of Arnold's coming through time portals and, Asking where John Connor is, it'll, the future is awesome, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. First thing in my I'm kid's future, lots of gun training. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I do agree with you. I think, I think life is going to fundamentally shift uh, in almost every way. Um, I forget the exact quote. It was something that's saying to your point about the, you know, the internet boom. The internet boom didn't necessarily change things; it just made them faster. Whereas uh, AI, the potentials with that is going to revamp a lot of the way things work altogether. Yeah. Um, so it's like almost more, more of a disruption or whatever, whatever the yeah. buzzword is that people are using. But 
I wanted to follow up on you talking about the magic of Christmas. So at the time of recording this, we're what twelve days away? Twelve mm-hmm. days away from Christmas. Um, what are some great traditions or things that your family just really looks forward to, or that maybe you started, you know, when you became a dad? You know, just Christmas, great, great. Brandon Blinson family household. I can't just say Blinson because there's another twin right here. <laughs> right. Um, in your home, what's that look like? We do a lot of uh, Christmas movies. We pop popcorn each night. We try to do a lot of um, different Christmas movies like Home Alone and The Grinch. So you start and, with Die Hard? Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I would. I love that. My dad did that when I was like 10. I watched. That's that's my dad and yeah. my tradition. We watch the Die Hards together and we always watch... Um, uh, or what's the other one? Wedding Crashers. We watched that yeah. with Logan. But yeah. so, yeah, so I would say movies, popcorn. Um, we do a lot of decorating together. Um, and that's something that we require of them just because we know it's it's intimate time with them. Y'all do um, good with that. I think another thing would be going to see Santa is a really important one for us. Like they, they love Santa and you know, they, um, we go to the same one every year so that it's consistent for them. And they just get so excited and we tell them, think about what you want, write a list, you know, and do all this stuff. And so it's, uh, it's really cool. It's really fun to do. Um, I think the other thing though, and this is a really important one for us is we do operation Shoebox. So if you don't know what operation Shoebox is, it's a box like just a shoebox as, as it is, and you get to fill it with a bunch of stuff and give it to kids who don't have Christmas, who can't afford Christmas. And so we pick out four or five boxes and we have our kids go shopping with us and we express to them, hey, look, this is how blessed you are. And this is, these kids don't have anything and you're getting to bless them, right? So because you're blessed, you have the responsibility to bless others. And so that's, that's something that is really important for us. Um, so yeah. That, that's a huge one. Can you can you just quickly expand on on that specifically? Um, stressing the importance of service to others. Um, yeah. With your kids and and we did it a lot you, beforehand, right? So before yeah. we even had kids, um, when I used to run the St. Jude Marathon every year, we would buy a bunch of gifts, a bunch of things from the Dollar General store, and we would go and give it to the kids at St. Jude. Um, and that's a pretty incredible experience if you haven't ever done that. Um, and so one of the things that we want to do is teach our kids through modeling acts of service. And I think one of the the best results from that is that it gives them such a sense of gratitude and a realization that the world does not revolve around them. I know that's a shocking experience for a lot of kids, but, um, yeah. The world doesn't revolve around them, and and uh, there's a lot of kids that have it really hard, and they're extremely blessed to have a warm house and food on the table. I was going to say, it shows them they have it easy. Uh, but I, I think it's just a, it's a way to help them learn to appreciate and have gratitude, right? So, you know, a kid sees a kid with one toy, and they've got 50 in their room, like one of the things my son is said is, Hey, I've got all these extras. We can give him this. And that's where, you know, you're, you're training their heart, right? Because they want to help. They, they want to be that loving person. And you know, that's, that's something that's really important for me is them to be altruistic by nature. So, um, I want to touch on something you said, um, about the future. So I, I'm really surprised this isn't on your radar because you're Mr. Computer, but quantum quantum computing, um, is going to be way bigger than AI. It's going to drastically change our entire species. Um, Michio Kaku, he, uh, he went on Joe Rogan. Go look up that episode. I'm telling you, it's going to absolutely blow your mind when he talks about it. Just want to send you down the rabbit hole on that. That's completely unrelated. But the question I have is because our father was so hands-on and so amazing, and I know he's a big bright light in our lives, what is your favorite memory with dad? Hmm. I would say there's two instances. Um, working out with him now as an adult is pretty precious to me because, you know, as I see the hair on his head get gray 
and I slowly see him aging as well as myself. I, you know, I know that life is fleeting and life is uh, beautiful, but it, the brevity of it is, is inevitable, right? So it's precious and I know it's going to be even that much more precious later on. Right. So I would say my favorite memories are working out with him as an adult, going to the beach with him as a kid, because that's when he was truly un, unchained by his, his work obligations. Um, and then another great memory was when he went to, of all things, a monster truck show with me and Ben, because it was just us three. So it was three generations and, you know, he got his grandfather and his dad. And I can honestly say that never happened with us. So it was, it was wonderful to, to live that vicariously through Ben. A little bit of a, a healing moment for you, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. 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 That's good, man. All right, Brandon, I want you to, to maybe think for a minute, but piece of advice that you wanted to bring out in this episode that maybe we haven't covered. Um, mm. But, you know, it's about, about time to wrap here. I want you to take, take some time and, you know, whatever's out there still swirling around. I know you got, took a lot of notes and prep for this. So yeah, yeah. Um, something you want to leave the audience with. Balance is essential in all aspects of life. And this is something I write a lot in my book about, and that includes fatherhood. Um, allocating time for self-care and reflection to maintain your mental and your emotional well-being are so important. And one of the things I always say to myself is a healthier father leads to a healthier family. So dads, take care of yourself. Take the time to take care of yourself. You know, take the time to, to learn, to adapt, to grow, to evolve. And by doing so, you become a, a beacon of resilience and strength for your children and your wife. Like you want your wife to be on fire for you? Do that. All right. Good. Balance in all things. Mm -hmm. And what's the title of the book going to be? The Balance of Things. <laughs> <laughs> what do you plug? Still, still work in progress, but yeah. it'll be coming soon. It'll happen. Um, yeah. All right. Well, guys, any any last final rapid fire question you got for B? What's the exact date? What's the date on the book? You know, I promised myself six months, but of course, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't balance my life, right? So it, I was a little too <laughs> gung ho with that, and so I've had to balance it a little bit more. And uh, I'm hoping, you know, in the next few months, I'll be wrapping up with at least the rough draft, you know, and then start polishing it for a couple more months. Exciting. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've I've got a publisher who's already committed verbally. So I'm just, I'm just, it's just getting it finished. Right. So very nice. exciting. Very cool, man. Just don't turn into uh, George RR R. Martin and take, you know, 17 years to get it out. No, I won't do that to you. <laughs> Live you on a cliffhanger, you know, the best advice is <laughs> dot, dot, dot to be continued yeah. in four years. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Come back in a decade. <clears throat> nah, man. Uh, Brandon, I just want to, on behalf of all of us, thank you for how much you've poured into each one of us here. Um, I think we've all learned a great deal from you. Um, you certainly have been a huge force in my life for good to help me individually, help me as a husband, help me as a father. Um, I've learned a great deal from you, and, and I think that that's a mutual feeling for all of us. So thank you for being willing to share your story and the heart that you have for other people. Um, you know, a lot of that advice you get, and obviously we know you very well. So like the, the listener may not see this quite as much, but you know, we ask you a question and the answer you give him like, oh man, that's exactly kind of what I was hoping he'd say, you know, and it's just really cool for me to, to be your friend, do this with you and, and then see to Dustin's point, you know, I think you can, you can hold your own with pretty much anyone when it comes to, to helping others. So thank you for sharing your story, brother. It's an honor. To, to do this with you. And, uh, you know, for those listening, I'm not just saying these words. If you need some help, like Brandon's the guy to reach out to. Okay. So don't be a stranger. He's, he writes on Twitter X, Twix, whatever you want to call it now pretty frequently. 
Um, I'm sure you can reach him there. And I mean, he really does love it, love helping people. And he's got amazing advice. When I've got something going wrong, it's like the first person I call. So <laughs> reach out, get some help, dads. And uh, we hope that you've learned from Brandon's story. So with that, enough talk. Let's get climbing. We will see you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Present Fathers Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Spotify to catch all of our amazing episodes. We will see you in the next one.